0: Now if I'm out there, for example, for my 100k run, and it's getting hard and it's getting tough, um, I, th- I think about what I have pulled through in my life. And that run seemed not easy, but it just helped to get me through and to finish those last few hours out there um, because I've been through yeah, some shit in my life.
1: Good, everyone. That was Marie Leith. I'm Matt Raymond. I'm Eugene Bingham. And this is Dirt Church Radio interesting conversations with interesting runners. Eugene Bingham?
2: Yes. Matthew
1: Ramit. I have got my feet into a pair of Scott Kinabalu Ultra RC shoes, like what you've been rocking for the last couple of weeks.
2: And now you see what I've been going on about.
1: They're amazing. Yeah. They are just amazing. This is Scott's new, uh, basically, I guess, lighter weight, less gnarly orientated trail shoe. Um, great comfort, mm. great cushioning, got a rock plate in it plenty grippy, just honestly one of the most comfortable shoes I've ever worn straight out the box and uh, very, very excited about them.
2: I was a bit surprised when you told me they had a rock plate. I yeah, I know. Coming from Grant, I thought they'd have a punk plate.
1: Ah, there you go. Ah. Got, he has got he likes both types of music, oh, punk okay. and rock. Okay, But look, go <laughs> go to scottrunning.nz and check out the Scott Kinabalu Ultra RC Shoe. Um, just fantastic. Thanks a lot, Grant.
2: Right. If you use the code DCR twenty twenty, on to be able to get fifteen months of VIP membership for Wild Things for the price of twelve, and they help that ch- website? They chip in to help us. Well, I was just going to tell you about some of the deals that you get. Okay, for, go for it. For you know, because like, it's just as well as being in elite group of VIPs, you get heaps of access to things like. The Trails in Motion film tour in Wanaka, you can get right. a uh, you can get uh, a chance to win two free tickets if you're a VIP yes, what member. Else? Uh, you can get a hundred bucks off run with Frosty on a brilliant Ben Lomond adventure. Oh right, yeah, that I'd, sounds cool. Yeah.
1: That yeah, sounds I'd cool like to run
2: with Anna Frost. Yeah, what else? Ben Lomond, heaps of stuff, and that's the thing—you get to be part of this cool community by and yeah. You can, well, and he, things is a real. It's yeah. a real community hub. Yeah, it is. And it certainly is. So if you go to uh, wildthings. Oh, we always mess this up, frankly. It is wildthings.club, and the code is DCR2020. You get 15 months VIP membership for the price of 12 Why wouldn't boom. you? Why wouldn't
1: you? So I was on the phone with Rocky from Further Faster, and he uh-huh. said, to me, and this is a true story, no artistic license, that we should change our jingle. And <gasps> then Jules, I know, Jules, his wife, shouted at him loud enough that I heard her uh, on the other end of the phone that he should shut his mouth and that the jingle's awesome and people love it. I'm team Jules. But, yeah, I'm team Jules as well. So if you, and, and but Rocky does know his, uh, he doesn't really know his music, but he does know his Outdoors gear and Jules and Rocky own the best independently owned outdoorswear adventure shop in the world in Christchurch. Further Faster. If you go to furtherfaster.co.nz and check out their amazing range of gear, the adventure, their community, the spirit is just incredible. And here is the amazing jingle. And got something like, further faster there in Christchurch, Rocky is hairy and so is Badger, Jules is nice and Jacob is delicious, go further faster now. Oh, further
3: faster there in Christchurch,
2: Rocky
1: is hairy and so is Badger, Jules is nice and Jacob is delicious, go further faster, faster now. Digit Radio. Here we go.
2: Episode, Episode. 102. <sighs> we, we made it. We did. We did. 102. I know, yeah, batting along.
1: An, yeah, what an action-packed show we've got for you
2: all this week, because we packed a lot in the weekend. We did, we got outside and did stuff with a microphone.
1: Yeah, thanks Patreon patrons, yeah. um, a microphone that, and, and, and a recorder that, yeah, the Patreon patrons, Patreon, Patroned, patroned. <laughs> Patron. anyway, <laughs> it was cool. It was cool, Um yeah. yeah. So we got to hang out and run a little bit with the phenomenal Sean Collins, the running beast on his circumnavigation of Auckland, but, and we've got some audio from that. So, uh, yeah, it's coming up.
2: Yeah. And so, I mean, your chat with coach Marie Leith from Go Run Girls. Wow. That was such an inspirational chat. I loved it. I I was quite, a. I mean, I was gutted to miss out on the conversation, but actually that meant that I got the pleasure of listening to it and what a chat. Yeah, she's
1: amazing. Um, Marie Leith, I mean, Auckland Auckland runner from uh and uh, coach, and she uh, is, has her organisation, Go Run Girls, and we've been wanting to get her on the show for ages. She's been wanting to get us on her show for ages, but it's just never really panned out. And after sort of COVID and everything, we, we find that, you know, we've all got some breathing space and I was on leave. It, it felt rude not to kind of bag an interview with her so yeah i've gutted not to have you there bro but it was it was i, I it was really it was a great
2: chat so yeah I can't wait to bring that to you all yeah that'd be a good one for people but uh, we got another good sunday long one in the bank yesterday with yeah the, absolutely that's
1: good i am loving it and it feels <laughs> it's incredible when you, when you're thinking about it and you know like just how your context becomes your context so me saying to you and sean and daniel and sean and daniel have decided to sort of cut things short anyway Well, short Feel felt huh. almost ridiculous saying hey can we only do 35k this week because mm. i've got to get back and do some sanding mm. you know like i couldn't imagine doing that you know i don't know a year ago or, or whatever but it was just fantastic yeah mm. Mm. and yeah if you don't have enough of us jabbering on On Dirt Church Radio, you can listen to us on the Consilience podcast, which is, do you know what Consilience is? No. Consilience is like a convergence of ideas from different theoretical perspectives. Um, And the Consilience podcast, which sounds very smart, is from our very smart, beautiful, generous friend, Dr. John Onate from uh, Sacramento, in California. He's been on the show a couple of times, and he had us on his podcast, and it was fantastic.
2: It was a really good chat, wasn't it? I enjoyed it, and it was. It, it's always really interesting talking to John, and he makes you think, and that I think comes through in the podcast too. You can hear yeah. us pondering away about the great questions he had for us. It wasn't, but it was a it was a chat. It's like we try to do. It's not an interview. It's a it's a conversation. Um, yeah. and I really enjoyed it, and you should listen to it and support the Consilience podcast.
1: Yeah, and you can find that at Apple, uh, where you get your podcasts from other places. And also, if you check our Instagram feed, you'll see a link up there in our stories. But yeah, like John Anate is uh, a fantastic human being, and it was really, really cool to be on his show. But how have you been, man?
2: Yeah, I've been good. I was in in Wellington today, a bit of a flying visit, literally. And it just kind of reminded me, how we didn't get to run W2K this weekend. Ah! But I wore my W2K shirt yesterday and my buff on our on our run as a little nod. And I I see that some others went and ran on the course, including some yeah. who ran the whole <laughs> course, which is awesome. And you got some yeah. you heard from someone on Instagram. Yeah, yeah. Just it, it just came through
1: now. They they posted it up today, but this is from Sam Ashworth. He says, Hey fellas, hope all is well. Um and he talks about how he's been listening to the show for the past year and he how he's just become obsessed with the trails in Wellington, which is easy Why to do, wouldn't you do. amazing. Yeah. yeah. Um, and a few of the Worm Group and Worm is uh, Wellington Organised Running Meetup group did an unofficial Wu 2K on the Sunday. There are about twenty of us and around ten of us completed the forty-three kilometer race, which I've done, and it's fully sick. Others dropped off at very various points in the run and we had an unofficial support crew who provided pop-up aid stations at Makara, Wrights Hill, Wind Turbine and Adelaide Road. It was an awesome day and the weather was perfect. Then we headed to Pass Social Club to celebrate with beers and pizza. Um, I can only imagine that was an amazing day and I, I was thinking about it because we, we were talking about it on the run, weren't we? And, mm. I, as, and I said the Makara Road or the Makara Peak Aid Station was one of the best ones I'd ever seen. Yeah, uh, with the level of organisation and the vibe, and I can imagine a pop up one was almost as good. because yeah. people in Wellington don't do things by halves. They
2: certainly don't. I Wonder if they had a grim reap. Oh, did they no. Forty three k didn't go up. Tip track. Go, did it, it comes down. Tip track. Oh, that comes down. Tip track. So they didn't need the grim yeah. reap at the top. But um, no. so even some some. Oh, I was going to say even some, but that sounds wrong. But some Aucklanders went down as well. Jenny Hurst did a bit of a crew. I saw as well, and yeah. So it was it's fantastic that people got down to Wellington anyway, and. From what I hear from being down there today, the weather was cracking today and people said the the weekend was good as well. So awesome. Good stuff, people. And can't uh, wait to crack into it next year. For sure. Genuinely excited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How how have you been, man? Yeah.
1: Look, brilliant. You know, just I've been on leave and I love being on leave. I mean, if my life was running, hanging out with the kids and and just kind of putzing around doing podcasts, I'd be a happy man. But I can't complain, man. Can't complain at all.
2: Very good. Right. Shall we do this thing? We definitely should. You're going to talk about preparedness.
1: Preparedness, yeah. And we've banged on a lot about this. Um, And I think in trail and ultramarathon running, it is something that we talk about a lot. And on Sunday, you know, listening to you and Talk about the places all over the world that you've run that are, you know, perhaps out of the way, like, you know, Vanuatu, Afghanistan, you know, God knows where else, the Ice Age Trail in the States. Um, it's something that you India? really consider. India, you to run in-, in India? India, that's right. Yeah. S- something that you really consider is, is, is your safety. But it, what happened to me on Sunday or what I became involved in really does kind of highlight that no matter how far you're going or how close to home you think you are, you need to be prepared. I went out on Saturday afternoon, I was doing uh, what's called the Browns Road Trig Loop in Riverhead, it's about a 12 kilometre run, I was about 6 k, and I passed three young people just ostensibly in the middle of nowhere walking, they're all in town clothes, no gear, cell phone and just kind of heading away from anywhere where there'd be people. I thought, gosh, that's a bit strange. I passed them. And then, you know, a couple of hundred meters down the road, saw, and I'm blind as a bat without my glasses, saw this kind of uh, hiver's blob, which very soon, as I got closer, became a woman on an e-bike, sort of crouched over this young man who was in a great deal of distress. Uh, sort of pulled over and said, look, you know, what's going on? And can I help? And, and she said, yes, he said, no. I decided I would take her kind of, um, you know, take her sort of a word on it and, and bent down to check on what's happened. This young man, he was 20 years old, had come out into the forest to do a 33 kilometre hike. Um, started at six in the morning. By the time I got to him, it was like four in the afternoon. And he'd had nothing to eat all day but a tin of baked beans. Oosh. And uh, he had no, you know, by that point, he was sort of slumped over on the. Corner of the trail, He'd probably, he probably was. He's hypoglycemic. He was starting to get really, really cold. His friends hadn't, you know, his friend that he was with, they they had they had warm clothes, but they hadn't put it on, and um, they had no proper food with them. Like they had no, um, they. I said, you know, you need to start eating something. If you got anything small, if you got anything sugary, if you got anything anything that you can have. Um, and by the way, you need to put all your clothes on right now because the sun's starting to go down. It's getting cold, and you're expending energy. And um, they had a tin of bait, another tin of baked beans, and and horrifyingly, a tin of um, canned corn, which they proceeded to open, and this young man to shakily start to drink his canned corn out of the can, which even now turns my stomach somewhat. But I just, I, I just had the, you know, I said to him, well, sort of, what are you up to? And he was training to run. He, he had a goal to run a certain amount of kilometres in three days absolutely achievable goal fit young man but just he was in real trouble you know and and it it meant that I stayed with him for a while the woman on the e-bike had to sort of race back up the hill to get her husband on the quad bike you know she was a local to come and it just really emphasized to me that thing is if you're going to go out into any forest be it you know doesn't matter where it is if you're going to go out for a number of hours and do stuff you need to be prepared Mm. With food and warm clothing and a basic idea of what you're going to do if things go south, because yep. if I hadn't have been there and the woman hadn't been there, I don't know what really would have happened. Mm.
2: And tell someone where you're going. Tell yeah, someone when you're so- back.
1: That's right.
3: Yeah,
2: yeah, that's right. You don't have to be far from home to get in trouble, do you? Not, not at all.
1: Mm. And um, you know, like. I, I talk about it, oh, ha, ha, I've I've been lost in Riverhead Forest. And I absolutely have. And I think about it and go, oh, I was a bit of an idiot that day. You know, so mm. it's, it's pure luck rather than any sort of experience that I sort of managed to find my way back. But
2: yeah, sorry
1: to bang on about it. Like no, no, a, no, no. No, it's a, good. A and that's why, you know, it.
2: I always chuck an emergency blanket and um, a first aid kit in my pack when we run. And and sometimes I feel like an idiot doing that. But that's, that's exactly why, isn't it? You know, what happens if... You come across someone like that. What happens if you um, fall over and, you know, break your ankle or something? Yeah, um, exactly. So it's it's not a great cost, but it just it could save lives, really. Yeah. Yeah. Be prepared. Hey, speaking be about prepared. be prepared, holy moly, Sean Collins, who, did you see that spreadsheet? Uh, look, it was, again, I put Ooh. something up on it. Uh, on our
1: Instagram feed, and and you're saying, you know, Matt, where's Sean? And we both had the Garmin tracker, and we both had the uh, spreadsheet, and neither of us
2: could well. You work needed out a degree in what was spreadsheets done. accountancy. It was, oh, it was it was a thing of beauty. Let's face it, I was yeah. probably too in awe of it really to to keep my <laughs> head around it. That was the problem. It was amazing. So yeah, Sean Collins, the running beast. So if anyone missed it, he was aiming to run around the Auckland Isthmus, 320 kilometres from Mount Eden and right around the whole urban housing area of the city. And, you know, one of the really special things was he he welcomed other runners to join in too. Absolutely. And sort of he, he invited people
1: specific to the area, didn't he? Yeah. So, you know, he ran through your hood yep. and- um, Well, close to my ha- hood, to be fair. Cl- yeah, yeah he, close to your hood, but yeah. uh, I, I was sort of one hood over, but- definitely decided to uh, throw my perfumed hanky into the ring and get in <laughs> with him. So Yeah. Yeah.
2: So on Friday night we headed up to Greenhithe Bridge, which connects the north shore of Auckland to the to the west to catch up with him. And we, we did just that and we waited in the car for him. Uh, yeah, we, well, in absolutely. fact, we took a bit of a drive beforehand to see where they were, and they were going faster than what we expected. So we sort of suddenly came across them and tried not to run them over. Um, well, and Actually, no, what we did is we drove around the roundabout
1: really fast, uh, yeah. yelling out the window. Hurling abuse. Uh, hurling abuse at him. Good yeah. natured abuse, because we know Sean, but the people, I have to apologize to some of the people who uh, <laughs> true, were, were running. and, what, and I one, didn't one think person, of that. No, one person actually said, you know, I, I do listen to your podcast and I sort of have quite a sanitized uh, idea I about you. And the first impression I get is you honing around a roundabout with your middle finger out the window shouting abuse. So
2: I yeah. didn't even think about that. Oh uh, my goodness. Anyway, so then we, we went back and we waited in the car for him and these were our initial impressions just before he arrived. Hey Matt, are you ready to run with the running beast? I am. I'm
1: more ready than I've ever been in my life, I think.
2: Uh, Are we going to use poles? I mean, you know, it's an urban run, but, you know, you want to look the part.
1: I've got four litres of fluid, poles, 2,000 calories. Um, Spring energy. Yep, spring energy. I'm ready to go. Uh,
2: He looks... We just went down the road and uh, yelled abuse out the window at him, and uh, there was a bunch of them, so we backed off a little bit. But he looked incredibly fresh, did Sean? Yeah, they all did, but especially Sean.
1: He... Yeah, just looked composed and and fresh. And I'm looking at the window here, thinking, "Is this him?" But no, it's not. But um, yeah, he looked really remarkably well.
2: He's going to be here any second, so we should get out and do our warm up routine. Um, are you going to do the calisthenics? Are you going to lead them?
1: Yeah, thanks.
2: So uh, you never did do the calisthenics, madam, But no, I never did. But I was. Well, really you didn't nervous. get the poles out either, so.
1: No, I didn't get the polls out because I, I, I I've I've not got a lot of experience with him. and I felt that as a, as we were, and not to not to belittle it because it's a dis you know we were only doing 11k with him, and he at this point you know he had a group with him and Tom had been running for 70k by the time they mm. hit us, and he had a group with him. Oh, Tatsudo had run for 70 K with them and a bunch of other people running between sort of 20 and 30, 40 K. So mm, mm. my nerves were certainly going, you know? Yeah. I, uh,
2: well also nervous was, was trying to make sure that we actually connect with them. I was really yeah. nervous about that. Like looking at the tracker, looking at the planned route, making sure that we were in the right place. And then we decided to actually go down the road and find them, didn't we? And it was a few nervous moments, but you know, we we did we eventually found him and um we we had that odd moment with that guy that stopped
1: yeah so this random guy just we we were running down to meet him this guy in a Subaru Legacy just stops in the middle of the road and we're like oh this must be someone connected to the run he rolls down the window I sort of went up to him was like oh hey mate and he goes oh, are you the two guys running around Auckland <laughs> <laughs> to which it would have been nice to say yes yes that's us you know get a selfie or whatever but we said no no but we, we we're running to meet him. And it's just a random, random man on, said, I saw him on the news and tell him, I said, you know, good, good, good effort, good, good job. So people were really kind of behind him.
2: Yeah. And it was, it was, I mean, apparently that happened all weekend long. So he, yeah, he had a good solid bunch with him. As we mentioned, uh, Tom Hunt, who ended up running 131k with him, which is no mean feat. No, it was. It was raining. He's just like a machine, isn't he? He's just running so beautifully. Yeah. Um, but it, it was raining. It was dark. And, and they were about a quarter of the way through it, or less, less than a quarter of the way through it. But there was a job to be done. And so off we went. And Sean was chirpy, remarkably easily moving. And although he did mention that he had a bit of a tender Achilles, which yeah. you know, came back to haunt him a little bit. But we ran with him. To his next aid station. And then this is the other thing we should talk about, because it wasn't just Sean and, and the other runners that was out there. There was a whole support crew. And, you know, the, the crew captain, the chief, the number one supporter was was Madeline and, yeah. and their daughters. Um yeah. what an incredible crew to have. And Absolutely. and there was a there was a night crew as well. I think it was Sean Nicholson. Yeah. Um in, incredible stuff. So so we rolled into that aid station. You could smell the sausages cooking. That's you, right, he got that the camper
1: van in the, yeah. <laughs> in the <laughs> West Coast uh, or the West Harbour
2: Baptist Church car park. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, so we, we rolled onto them, saw the extraordinary crew chief, uh, Madeline, and then and then we had a, a chat with Sean. Does anybody need more food? Anything else to
4: put in? Tom? Uh, I think I'm okay. I yeah. need
2: sausage. Yeah, there's yeah. sausages. but have for it now. There's crew yeah. huh? You're doing really well.
3: Have
2: some of these Sean Collins. Yes. The running
4: beast back in West Auckland. How are you feeling? Oh, much more comfortable back in the West. Yeah, yeah. Feel, Feel the weight lift like home. So, how many Ks are we in now? We must be. Uh, so, we're 80. 80 Ks and 11 hours. So, just about two marathons down. And how, how are you feeling? I'm feeling good actually. The, um, the feet are starting to get a little bit tired, but the legs are good and yeah, the rest of the body. You-
2: You've had an amazing crew with you. Looks
4: like, oh yeah, it's been so- almost all the way around. Yeah, and um, you know, I had some people that had signed up beforehand, um, and uh, there has been like twice or three times that turn up at each of the spots so it's been yeah really cool Brilliant. At shoe science there in Albany turned up and there's like a big crowd yeah. <laughs> either just come in and say hello or come in for the run so it's, yeah. yeah it's been cool yeah. and each time someone new joins on you get a little boost of uh, energy Yeah. and have a chat and, and then you settle back into the, <laughs> the rhythm again back into the rhythm yeah, yeah. it's cool um,
2: so what are you doing you're replenishing
4: here can you give a bit of food into here? Um yeah, yeah, a little bit. We'll have a burger at the next stop. Yeah, Madeline's gonna get a burger. Nice so we have a proper feed there. Yep. Um yeah, and just keep taking ticking them off.
2: <laughs>
4: Matt's got nothing? I've got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> He's exhausted. <laughs> We've been running. <laughs> We've done
2: 7k. <laughs> 7k? Oh my god. Yeah. And it was hardcore road. It was, it was. We had a big downhill down the bridge. Um, yeah, so how has the eating been going? Is it been okay? Yeah. It food in yep. Yep. Eating and drinking. And the rain not hassling you too much?
4: No. Um, I'm, I'll probably get a jacket on now just so yeah. that I stay warm. Yeah.
2: Oh, well keep going man, you're doing awesome.
4: Yeah, absolutely. Incredible. And it's been such a privilege to run with you too, so oh, thank you very much. Well. I mean, it's cool to have you guys out. Uh,
2: thanks man. Yeah. Showing out to your local. Yeah, that was it. Was amazing. So we we did carry on a little bit with him, but not, not too far. We had our jackets on. It was getting a little bit cold. Yeah, then, it was. And then we I left was, him I to felt, it. I felt really wistful. I yeah. did. I, I I wish that
1: we'd sort of organized. It certainly, you know, when they they headed up Donbuck Road and then into Swanson and up into the hills of West Auckland, that just really captivated me. Just, yeah, yeah what
2: what an adventure. Yeah, yeah. So he, he I mean, it was yeah, amazing. You know, he started at 7.30 on... Friday morning, his A goal was to finish in, in forty eight hours and he got he got remarkably close to it, didn't he? He ended up yeah. suffering a lot with that Achilles, but eventually he reached the end back at the top of Mount Eden in, in about fifty one hours. Just incredible, incredible. And you know, as a reminder, it was it was just a training run for Riverhead relapse. Yeah, his last relapse. His last, relapse. <laughs> his last yeah. long run
1: for yeah. the relapse. And I yeah. and I hope, you know, with his with his Achilles and everything, it's Well you've it's been be... you've
2: been messaging him today.
1: Yeah, so uh, I mean, when you when you let that sink in, you know, like two hundred miles, yeah, in fifty one hours, and you know the fact that we ran with him that night, got up in the morning. You ran, I did stuff all day, then I ran, then we got up in the morning and ran like thirty five kilometers, and he was still running yeah. through all all that time, um, and yeah, just just amazing. But yeah, I was texting back and forth with him today, just sort of checking on how he was doing. And, you know, quote, he said he's actually pretty good considering. Um, Such a short sure thing his, to say. Yeah, he said his Achilles was still a bit sore and that he was pretty sleepy and hungry. But, yeah, he said all things considered, you know, he felt amazing. I
2: saw in and, the – um in the uh, he put a message up. There was a a, a group, that, you know, the people who were running with him and stuff. There was a, a message group, and he jumped in there this afternoon and said thanks to everyone. And he said his Achilles was okay. He'd step up off the couch and there'd be a few – Saw tender steps for a couple of steps, and then, and then he was okay. Which sounded like every Sunday afternoon to me. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Getting out of bed tomorrow morning. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly, I, exactly.
1: And look, I also asked, you know, after his amazing support team, because you know, I feel very close to, you know, the Collinses and Madeline, Annie Rose, Megan, Zara, his daughters, and they'd they'd all gone off to school and work. Oh. First day back at term, you know, Madeline's a teacher and they'd all gone off to school while he was asleep. And I just, what a pack of legends, yeah. you know, I I can't totally. imagine my kids not barracking for a solid couple of days off if oh, yeah. I'd been out all weekend running around <laughs> Auckland and they were just there, they were running in with them, just that yeah. family. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Massive respect.
2: Yeah, totally, totally. So well done to Sean. And it was, you know, he, he was so delighted about the other people who jumped in with him and he you yeah, he he captured some imagination with that run didn't he got Absolutely. got on got on the TV a couple of times on the TV, in fact Madeline had to put the put the hurt on him and, and basically yeah. say a rule
1: that he couldn't yeah. stop to talk yeah. to people because he was just chatting and talking to yeah. everyone and, and just drawing energy from people so he had to kind of talk on the run
2: yeah but
1: yeah, yeah.
2: what a legend anyway, what a legend hey just quickly another FKT uh, from the UK it seems yeah. like everyone's punching one out every weekend isn't it but every this- last sportiva athlete from the UK, and I right. think about Sophie Grant, and they're yep. all just doing insane, insane. things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this one was was John Kelly, you know, the the incredible John Kelly, who run, ran the Pennine Way, FKT, in, in two days, 16 hours, and 40 minutes, which was just 40 minutes ahead of the, a 31-year-old record.
3: Oh, that must have just...
2: You know, imagine the, <laughs> a, the gritty finish on that one. Yeah, I mean, you feel like slowing down. No way. Like the clock is just behind you. Uh,
1: Two hundred sixty-eight miles from Edale in the north, Northern Derbyshire Peak District, north through the Yorkshire Dales and Northumberland National Park, and ends at Kirk Yeltham just inside the Scottish border. I can't imagine that's an easy run.
2: No, apparently it's incredibly gnarly. So you know, but the the one on only John Kelly. So yeah, wow. Hey, there was another exterior. Um, this one at Toroto Park out in Manurewa on Sunday. Awesome. Um, yeah, so the super long course for women Maddie Dillon was first 14143, 140, Alexia Preston second in 15032. So quite a convincing win there. And then Nikki Hill in 15321. And in the men it was Max Thompson first
1: in 12651. Oh, Casey Thorby male Ooh. teens. 126.51, and James Coogler, uh bringing it home in third, 129.22. Uh, yeah, what a ding-dong. What a
2: ding-dong, all right. Yeah, yeah. Go, and go coach James. So in the in the long course, uh, Rosie Taylor, 139 flat, uh, Lauren Taylor, 142.38, and Diane Cornell, 143.08. Ooh. 30 seconds back in the long
1: course for the men, Liam Bird, 111.07, James Piggins in second, 111.21, ooh, and Donald McGoldrick was third in 116.54.
2: Some good racing there. In the yeah. mid course, Jen McDermott, uh, 51 minutes and 22 seconds, Amelia Lythe, 52 minutes and 1 second. And Lauren Williams, 53 minutes and 15 seconds.
1: The men, Benjamin Rickaby, 43-40. Ronan Kodaya, again, Ronan Kodaya carving it up, Mm. 45 minutes, 18 seconds. And Naoki Toyomura in 45 minutes and 55
2: seconds. And in the short course, Stella Hammond, uh, 34 minutes and 39 seconds. Hazel Cook, 35 minutes and 37 seconds. And Jess Buxton, 35 minutes and 45 seconds. Quite a few youngsters amongst that. Yeah,
1: I reckon. And this is all under 13 for the. Oh no, there's two under 13s in here. Uh Ben Oxford in 32 minutes and 12 seconds. Samuel Rickaby in 32 minutes and 16 seconds. And Mark Carrier, who is an open man, 20 to 39, in 33 minutes and 48 seconds.
2: Awesome stuff. Right, next bit. Greatest
3: Greatest
2: run ever.
1: Greatest run ever.
2: There you go. Greatest Run Ever, part of the show where we ask you to write in and tell us your Greatest Run Ever. It doesn't have to be a race for a mountain summit. It might just be a run around the block, something that's sung to you for some reason. Send it in to us, dirtchurchradio at gmail.com. And this one's from
1: Logan Kane. I've been racking my brain for a Greatest Run Ever, but until today, no single run has really sung to me. Today's run, however, did just that. It was a routine run for me. Nothing was supposed to be special about it, but I ended up coming away with a new perspective. This is possibly the last run for a little while. Pressure is closing in on me from all sides. Work has been hard and labor intensive. The university study period will begin tomorrow. It's been a week since I last run. It could be another week or two until the next time. But I remind myself that many have it worse than me. A storm might be settling over Christchurch tonight, but I need to get out, Only if only for a little while. So now, in an instant, my mind is made. Grab the earphones, grab the raincoat, it's now whenever. I'm not much of a road runner. usually. At times like this, when I'm time deficient, I do it more out of necessity. If it were up to me, I'd be on my way to the hills, testing my grit, grinding up the top, or dicing with death on a dodgy descent down. But to the extent which I've gotten behind in my study, the deadline is near impossible as it is. I feel like I'm about to run an ultra, but it's an ultra of the brain. I'm already exhausted, and right now I feel as though I'm in the eye of the storm. I step outside. It's a light shower, but I don my jacket anyway. The hood will protect my earphones as they are waterproof. It's 4.45 in the afternoon, and since it's cloudy, it's getting dark. About 3 k in now, and I'm warmed up. I round the bend, and I'm on... I round the bend and I'm on Rickerton Road into one of the busiest in Christchurch and it's rush hour. Wow, what an excitement. I'm sucking in the exhaust fumes, which is not so great, but the path is slippery, slippery like mud. There are people and parked cars sitting there like trees. There are little gutters and driveways sticking out like roots. It's an urban jungle. The fresh air and greenery are replaced by the flashing colours and interesting food smells. I wind up the legs and get up on my forefeet. Now I'm moving. Shop front windows flash by in my peripheral a guitar, some shoes, a waitress carrying plates of food, I feel like I'm moving at light speed and the feeling that this will be a run to remember is starting to simmer inside of me. 6K in and the commotion has given way to a dark and empty suburban street. Everyone has retreated inside after a long day at work and to escape the weather. They say running can be a tale of two halves, the things on the outside and the things within you. The things outside are diminished, nothing to see here, but I have my music. Since my early teens, I've had the same favourite song. It's called Alien, written by an Aussie band hardly anyone knows, named Dead the Circus. I used to play bass and to this day it's still been my favourite bass line, but it's But that aside, what I love the most is that it's a slow build-up that never fails to pull me in and transport my mind to another place. Today, that place feels like a rainforest somewhere far away Slong, the song slowly builds and then the bridge hits an explosion of emotion I hit the ga- gas and launch into a sprint puddles splash beneath my feet and I feel entirely within myself the song ends and another starts Pink Floyd's Another Brick in the Wall Part 2 I button off for a bit but it's a song that makes me feel emboldened so I keep the pace high this time I imagine I'm in the desert racing towards the sunset then another great song by another lesser known band To Be Alive by Brother and Bones this song is much lighter and uplifting so it pulls me out of this weird Weird state and back down the dark streets of Christchurch I can start to feel the burn now but screw it this is freedom the feeling that this will be the greatest run ever is starting to simmer inside of me 9k in one to go I pass the university and around the next bend I know my street will come into view I look at the sky and it seems the clouds are getting darker I feel a sense of dread oh well I think Time to face the music and for the last time I up the pace faster and faster by the time I'm my, by the time I'm on my street it's an all out sprint to the end I stop at the letterbox and endorphins rush my brain yep this is my greatest run ever this run was just what I needed it gave me hope as I sit here writing this I wonder if the next if the storm will come but I know that if it does my home will stand up to it yes the next couple of weeks will be hard but so have been the last couple in fact the last couple of months have been hard for the entire world but I remain optimistic and I think we can stand up to that too wow damn son that was amazing I'm going to listen to that song after yeah. this podcast.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Dead letter, sur- circus. Yeah, and to be alive by Brother and Bones. Yeah, amazing. Wow.
1: I'm, I must admit, I'm not a big Pink Floyd fan, but there you go.
2: There you go. There you go. Can't you Might everything. listen to it differently, Logan. Right. I hope you. Uh, I hope you didn't use this greatest run ever as a distraction from your study. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I hope you got your study done too. But yeah. thank you for doing that. That was incredible, and. I went along for the ride. It was great.
1: Yeah, that was amazing. Thank you. Thank you very much. Right. On to our interview for today, uh, Coach Marie Leith of Go Run Girls. And it's fair to say that Marie, ca- Marie came to running uh, from a place of great sadness um, six years ago after the birth of her daughter. And through years of trying for her, um, unfortunately, Marie went through having two stillborn babies and a daughter who passed away at six weeks old. Um, After this time, you know, due to the years of grief and devastation that the losses had, she'd gained weight and she said that she lost herself in the process. She wanted to turn her life around and she knew the only way was to do it was to find something that shifted her mental state and shifted. A bit of the weight you know she says that she, she'd gained and she wanted to do something extreme and she found out that that was running she taught herself to run from lamppost to lamppost um, having never run before in her life and from then on built up to doing a 6k run and then on to a 60k run and then the rest is history so I talked to a woman who's a personal trainer, running coach, event reviewer, interviewer, Pilates instructors, event owner and manager, a blogger, a mother, a wife, an ultra runner and an entrepreneur. She's a very, very impressive human being. Um, she's turned to blogging about her running journey into Go Run Girls, a collective which helps women and a few men find their strength, community and inspiration through running and each other. And this is a beautiful conversation with Marie Leith. All right, on the line I have Coach Marie Leith from Go Run Girls. Kia ora, Marie, how are you doing?
0: Hello, I'm good, thank you. So excited to be here. <laughs> I'm a bit nervous, but
1: <laughs> you've got. I mean, you, please don't be nervous. Um, we've wanted to have you on the show for such a long time, and I'm sorry it's taken such a long time to sort of uh, get around to it. But you know, we really appreciate having you on. I just thank wanted you. to ask you. You know. How have things been for you over the last, I guess, few months in lockdown? How have you been coping with that?
0: Well, um, yeah, well, I have, I have three children. Uh, so my life changed um, as in, you know, being at home and doing the homeschooling and, you know, just the whole dynamics of what happened. Uh, my husband was still going to work. So um, that was good and scary at the same time. But yeah, it just, uh, I think for me, it was a good opportunity to uh, get an extra case, like quite a few people experienced. Um, You know, training went up, uh, also food and baking went up (laughs) as well. Um, And yeah, no, it was good. And looking back now, I uh, really appreciated the time and, yeah. I ended up doing a whole lot of workout videos uh, over lockdown so that I committed to four weeks of doing these little uh, workouts in my garage for um, the Go Run Girls community. And um, that went really well. It kept me accountable and helped a whole bunch of others out too. So, no, it was great. And then I topped it off by doing a um, homemade lockdown hundi which was, uh, yeah, 100Ks. It was 101K loops around my house. Oh, wow. So, yes. How Um, did that go? I was training at the It was was very um, mentally, physically tough. I mean, I was training for the South Island Ultra, uh, which is 100Ks. And I had been training for it for, you know, the normal uh, five to six months. i just uh, come off doing uh, Taupo 74. So I thought, yes, great time to do it. Trip for the family um, because we live up in Whangaparau in Auckland. And lockdown came um, and I just thought I didn't want to waste my training. I had a perfect opportunity to do it at home. Uh, And and to do it while the kids were inside and safe, and um, they also did a few laps with me, but just, yeah, mentally going round and round and round the same loop, um, it wasn't on trail, we live in uh, a concrete um, residential area. So it was quite different to what I had imagined, and uh, with the whole um, the pounding of your legs on pavement versus the soft landing of the trails.
1: Right, right. So yes, was it was hard? Tough. Yeah, that sounds. Um, I my block is one kilometer as well. I've also also often, I don't know, if fantasized is the right word, but thought I'd like to do a hundred laps. But w- was that hard? Sort of going past your house so many times, I guess the opportunity to stop would present itself every sort of six or seven minutes.
0: Oh, absolutely. And at the start, I uh, made the most of it and I would stop and I would go in, get a drink or, um, you know, have something to eat, that type of thing. Um, So I had quite a few breaks at the start until probably the 50, 60 K mark. And all I wanted to start doing was getting big blocks of, um, the K's done, uh, not just stopping every few laps. I needed to go out there and smash five loops, um, before I got a break. So, and, and just, you're right. The, uh, opportunity of the, uh, the couch calling (laughs) me, (laughs) um, many times, you know, I'd go and use the toilet and, you know, the bedrooms right there. Um, and I hadn't told anyone that I was doing it. I didn't want that pressure. Right. And so I could have easily have, have just pulled out. But um, I think, you know, once you get past that, there's a certain mark. And for me, it was, you know, once i pass passed the 60K, there's no stopping. Um, and I did get a bit of an injury uh, at that point where uh, my right foot, I have an extra bone, I've found out in that foot, that got completely irritated by the uh, concrete. And um that just it was flaring up, and I couldn't run up or down the hill., uh, we've got a small small hill on that one k loop. um, so just had to change the course um so that it kept it flat um so that I could finish. but you know you do these things, you go into um that mode where you just need to get it done, no matter what. Um, so yeah, that last last half was wow (laughs) wow that's when yeah the whole everything kicked in and um it's just pure determination to get you through to the end and
1: And, yeah and so you didn't tell any of your community that you were doing it or anything It was just something that you decided that you know this is this is what you're going to do
0: absolutely I'm a little bit like that um sometimes I like to just uh, go away and do things, um, and then enjoy the uh, the buzz at the end of it, and um, tell people about that. Uh, I think from where I come from, I never, I was never a track runner. I never competed in events. You know, I was never at that competitive level. So I come from um, a background of being nearly a hundred kg, um, five foot nothing. And so, um, everything, you know, I started running intervals in the dark because I didn't want people to see me. Right. Um, that's a place that I come from. So the confidence levels are a bit different. And, um, even though now I've run a hundred K things like some little traits like that don't change. So I just wanted to almost sneak away and see if I could get it done and then, um, enjoy that achievement afterwards
1: yeah take the pressure off absolutely and it's so I mean it's Mm. such an interesting I I mean I understand and I know it's different for me as a man coming from a place of being overweight you know and perhaps not so confident than it is for many women um (laughs) but yeah. you as a as a coach, you know your online community go run girls you're out there you're you're really positive, you know kind of this assertive figure and really connected and and really sort of open and encouraging and you know you're visible to go out and do something quietly and just off your own bat i mean that adds another dimension of kind of the determination and discipline to do that it's just fantastic not everything's done for the kind Thank of you for the engagement, I guess, in this modern social media world?
0: No, and and it honestly comes back to uh, the same. I think it's even harder at the start of your running journey because even though it was 100K, you know, all the, uh, the mindset is the same of when you run your first 5K. Oh. When you run that first 5K, everything's hard, you're scared, you don't know what you're doing, um, there's all these doubts. And, you know, can I make it to, you know, the the next lamppost or whatever? Well, it just kind of carries on and, um, well, for me anyway. And so, yeah, nothing really changed apart from, yeah, it's a bloody long time. (laughs) I mean, I spent uh, 17 hours out there and, um, yeah, it's the furthest, of course, I've ever been. So everything just had to last that much longer um, yeah. and and mentally. But, I mean, it's been there since day one. So I couldn't really tell you which was harder. And that sounds weird because it's 100K, but um, when you're standing there on the start line of a 5K event and it's the first time you're doing it, I can relate to how hard that is. So,
1: Yeah. Let's talk, I mean, at, you, you're so right. And I think that one of the traps that we fall into, and I know that on Dirt Church Radio, you know, one of the things that we're trying to be very clear about is, is we do talk about primarily trail running and primarily ultramarathon running. However, mm. that's not a uh, to diminish, you know, the, the distance doesn't equal probity. You know, like, mm. I remember Darren and Finn said to us, after he finished an ultramarathon and and he'd say, no, but you should see my mile time. You know, it's, it's not, it's not about the distance. It's the effort that's required to, to start any distance. Let's talk about Go Run Girls. How did you come Mm. about to, to think about, you know, what we need as a community and and a business? And how did it start?
0: Well, I come from a a place of being, keeping things really real. (laughs) And I think that just, thumbs up, go run girls. Um, so three years ago, I started to, you know, I've been through my journey of weight loss. Um, previous to that, why I was so big is that I had gained a lot of weight. We, uh, me and my husband, Stefan, um, had unfortunately had two stillborn babies and a, a little daughter, Katie, who was uh, um, a neonatal death. So she passed away at six weeks old. Um so, in a nutshell, <laughs> that is our wow. uh, that is, yeah, where our hearts sit and where we were uh, um, ten years ago. Through that, I then put on a lot of weight and was mentally in a bad space. Running then became my tool to get through and process some of what I was going through. It wasn't a fixer, it um, but it, it did. It was therapy to um look after my mental health
3: sure
0: so I started to yep interval run um and like I said run in the dark run on the beach where people couldn't see me um, I didn't know what I was doing I taught myself how to do it um, and then of course went into event running you know naturally progressed from there met some pretty cool runners who inspired me which is really important Um, and then, uh, you know, I did a whole bunch of half marathons and, and then the full marathons. And then one day I thought, stuff, I'm going to train for my first ultra marathon, which was the Tanifa, um, which is a 60, it was a 60 K event. That was my first
1: ultra marathon as well.
0: Ah, okay, cool. (laughs) So, um, yeah, I, I, uh, yeah, I did the training for that, probably could have trained a little bit more, but isn't that the... Normal no, story, we all could have done. Um, that, yeah. Yeah. and when I was going through that whole training for the event, I decided that I would record what I was doing um, because Facebook Live was a thing, and um, I thought I'd record my training to see if anyone else was interested and if I could share some wisdom through what I was doing. But right. coming from a real, you know, um, Beginner level into ultramarathon. Uh, mother of three. Um, I think I just turned forty. You know, you just uh, full time work, all that kind of thing went into it because it's it's not so much about the training. It's always about everything else in your life. Um, and yeah, started recording. Called it. Uh, uh, Go run, girls! And before I knew it, it was like a week, and I had um, a thousand people following me. Um, and so I just kept doing the videos. Uh, found a, a love for interviewing uh, people. So I, one of my first interviews was Lisa Tamati, mm. and I was just blown away by having her on as a guest. Um, And then, yeah, it just naturally grew from there and I've got this wonderful community of women and we've got some men on there that um, go from, you know, the lamppost running right through to ultra running, from road running through to trail running, Um, you know, only walk on the weekends, only run on the weekends and it really is... um, has grown into something beautiful at, to the point where I do have uh, running coffee groups uh, around New Zealand. I think I've got 12 groups now and a couple in Aussie. Uh, um, and we also coach. So I have a coaching platform. Uh, I've just brought on Fiona Havis as one of our coaches. So,
3: wow.
0: Um, that's exciting. That's um,
1: exciting, Yeah.
0: I, I'm so stoked to have her on board and just to have that diversity because, you know, different coaches are going to work for different people. I think, though, the majority, well, I know that the majority of w- women who are under my wing for coaching are very much the uh, beginner to intermediate level runners. So, you know, staying within what I know as
1: well. So do you think in terms of people starting out in the sport or women starting out in the sport often it's not about and i'm posing this as a question would they get more benefit from someone like fiona hayweiss who is a very skilled practitioner of running or would they find more benefit from from someone like yourself who has a much more kind of probably relatable experience
0: Uh, Oh, that's a hard one. (laughs) Um, But yes, I mean, um, I'm going to come from, uh, I'm going to make them up their weekly plans based on, you know, what's going on in their lives, uh, what injuries they've had, what um, personal issues they have, starting them where they're at now, which I think is the biggest nugget of all, is that, um, you know, I'm not going to be, unrealistic and say, okay, you need to go out there and smash a one-hour run um, because it's just not going to happen for those beginner-level uh, girls.
3: Right.
0: So um, I have, you know, and that's not to say Fiona's also come from a, a place that has been as non-competitive if you like. Mm. Um, but for me, you know, I've trained as a personal trainer, um, Pilates instructor and then running coach, but I've been in all these spots where I can't go out because I have a mental block. I think that I'm gonna be judged. I think I'm too slow. I think I'm gonna come last. You know. I have been through that because my um my average pace is not, you know, typically fast. It's not what Fiona would do. So um yeah, I'd I'd definitely take those women on and really relate to them.
1: It's yeah. so interesting, isn't it, when we compare ourselves to people within our community, and then we look at the wider community. So, yeah, my average pace is nowhere near what Fiona Hayvices is either. <laughs> you know, I don't know, <laughs> and I don't know many men whose is. Um, however, when we work within these little, we live within these little communities, we're always sort of comparing ourselves unfavorably isn't it Mm To, you know i could Mm -hmm. i could uh, i could never run as fast as you know uh you know tom hunt or nick johnson or anyone like that um but when you look at it in the wider sense i think we almost need to go a bit easier on ourselves sometimes hey
0: Absolutely, and that's what I experience as a coach and also uh, when I get out to these running groups especially. You're talking about Park Run or, you know, we've got Go Run Girls groups that happen uh, once a month um, and just little local running groups. You know, uh, I see it all the time where um, especially women won't come because they're too afraid of, you know, being slow. Mm. And they're gonna hold everyone up. And that's a real danger zone to to go. I mean, um, if if everyone thinks like that, we'd have no groups. And right. the thing is that nowadays, you know, these in these events, the women are the ones who are turning up. The numbers are bigger with the with the ratio of women in events. Um, so you know, we want women to also go to these groups and um yeah, feel like they're going to be part of it, they're not going to be judged, they're, they're probably not going to be the slowest either. Um, we need to, yeah, really take a step back and encourage each other to try these groups because I think that, um, yeah, and uh, people have always thought, oh, these running groups, they come off, you know, uh relay groups or um, you know the the school sprint teams or um, and sometimes some of the other groups can be quite competitive but really nowadays they're not Um, and I think that's where groups like Parkrun have done a good job in encouraging everyone any ability to go out there and give it a go we'll wait for the last person to come in Um, we don't care and we're not going to judge you so well, yeah, I, I, we keep working on that.
1: <laughs> I know Eugene, I mean, yeah. Eugene's not here, unfortunately, but he's a massive proponent of, of the park run. You know, he's a weekly, um, he's a weekly or near weekly attendee. And he, he, he always talks about the fact that the, I think the average pace or the average time for a park run is 29 minutes. And the mm-hmm. organisers want it to be slower because they want more inclusion you know, they wow, make, I love they that. want yeah. yeah, me too. They want everyone mm-hmm. out moving. They want everyone out doing it, and and because it, it I guess that's the thing, isn't it? it? It takes it from that space of being something that a, quite an exclusive group do, and traditionally it's been yes. exclusively. And when we think about ultra trail running, you know, it's exclusively sort of white dudes um, to a more probably representative just- population. <laughs>
0: I just heard what you said. That's hilarious. Well, it's um, true, though, right? We're
1: a dime a dozen. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and singlets and
0: short shorts. Yeah, that's. I, yeah. I, I will I I do
1: wear short shorts. I will say that. I'm a, I'm a short. Because I've got uh short legs. So long shorts look ridiculous on me. But yeah, no. I meet that stereotype. But, um, but you're right. There's that thing of. of and, 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 and as a man, that can be really off putting yeah. as well. You know, like going to hang out with a bunch of dudes who are like, I don't know, 56 kilos soaking wet and, you know, in Mm. their three-inch slit shorts, it can be off-putting because no one wants to be last. But, yeah, it's that sense of community, I think, that's important.
0: And I just want to say it it does cross over now into the whole trail running experience. Um, With the, you know, a lot of people are going to start off running your, your street or, your, or the local area, um, you know, park runners predominantly on uh, a more runnable terrain, that kind of thing. And now people are starting to want to move over to trail. But again, there's that little barrier of um, oh, trail's so hard and it's has uh, got so much elevation and you need new shoes and mm. um, a big uh, drop in confidence level making that switch. And so You know, something to work on again is to, um, yeah, try and get people to think differently about uh, going to into something new like trail running. That you just start off with your five k and you walk run it, and the great thing is that you you will walk a lot of the hills. So, um, you know, don't be afraid to give trail running a go when you get a bit stale in your uh, road running because. We live in a magical place that uh, we can visit these fantastic events that offer scenery that is to die for. So Mm. why wouldn't you want to go and experience some of that? So don't let um, your fears get in the way of trying some trail.
1: Uh, Yeah, so. I couldn't agree more. And I think there's a real, at times, we can be really guilty of almost quite a grandiosity in trail running. Mm. I mean, A, all the best runners I know just consider themselves runners. So they'll they'll take a tilt at anything, you know, uh, mm. be it track, road, long, short, whatever, and it's that just that joy of – because the movement is essentially the same, isn't it? But yes. trail is trail. If you're in a park in your suburb, you can be running along the best, I don't know, 10 metres of bench single track you've ever seen, and that doesn't matter sort of the location of it. I mean, yes, it is special, and sometimes it's in a – you know, going out and planning a trip, but it, mm. again, it it removes that accessibility. I think. Hey, like, what's wrong with going for a trail run in your local park or putting a, you know, a two k or a two hundred meter pit, bit of trail in your normal run? Yes. Mm. You know, and and, and, and there's that, a lot of that. Yeah. No, go on, please. Sorry.
0: Uh there's there, sorry. There's a lot of uh, opportunities for that nowadays. Um, with the. Parks being done and in your local area and yeah there's a lot of and you're right it can be um it doesn't have to be hard out trail it can be um yeah just a little uh, it could be the the beach um some beaches that we've got around us will have a bit of a, a trail leading off the beach beach somewhere um just to spice things up for your run
1: mm. So yeah. where you are in Whangaparawa, I mean, you've got Shakespeare Park up there, the regional park, which is, you know, fantastic. What is the running like yes. around there?
0: Um, so, yes, we've got the uh, Shakespeare, which is one of our local trail uh, running areas. If you need a bit of a hit of trail, we're up there. Um, it is it is harder trail, uh, just because it's at the end of the peninsula and the way that it's made. Um, but absolutely stunning and a great opportunity for uh, my husband and I to go out there and um, get some training. As you know, it's harder to get on the trials with a kauri dieback.
3: Um,
0: and then we've got also uh, Puhoi and Wendahome, another oh, couple of options up around us. So, but realistically, if and I think this uh, accounts for a lot of people, uh, trail runners in New Zealand. It is quite hard to get out and get a decent run in the trails. Um, so if we're doing anything big, then we will try and go out of town or um, over West Auckland, that kind of thing. But you just have to become creative and uh, you have to use the road a lot, to be honest. Um, we live in a very, on the peninsula, it's very hilly. Mm-hmm. so of course that's all going to add up to um your training, even though it's not trail as such it's still got elevation and challenges that come with it so yeah we we're, we're very fortunate where we live
1: and and so how do you i mean and, and I <laughs> it sounds like I know that your husband runs as well and yes. and it is it's very yeah. much a part of your lives together and and your children. How, how do they adapt to sort of mum and dad going out running and doing all that sort of stuff?
0: They um, have been, because we started running eight years ago, around about eight years ago, it has been a big part of their lives anyway. We had also had an event called the Get Moving Festival. Um, and so they have grown up actually, you know, helping out at events and um, getting up at 3am with us and going out with trestle tables and (laughs) um, you know water containers and making them stand at a water stop for hours on end with no food and in the pouring rain so they get it and uh, yeah it's all just part of their their life and they know that there are going to be seasons where especially me for Go Run Girls that Um, Mum and dad are going to be travelling, but most of the time we will try and take our um, kids with us. Mm. So we have two younger girls, and so they will come with us. We'll drag them along to, like, the Taupo, Ultra or Blue Lakes, whatever we've got going at the time, they will come. Um, And we've just learnt how to make them comfortable and how to bribe them and... (laughs) (laughs) You know, if mum and dad get out there and they smash an event, then mum and dad are going to be nice appearance. So win-win.
1: Yeah, sure. Yeah. So it's, it's very much a part of your, your lives at the moment. Uh, you know, it sounds very similar to, um, to our kids' lives, actually. Like it's that sense of it is um, it's something that mum and dad do. You know, it's, 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 yes. it's just interwoven with everything that, they, that we do. Um, is Go Run Girls a full-time uh, endeavor for you at the moment
0: um it's it's starting to turn around so my whole goal especially bringing the uh coaching platform on um a good year and a half ago was to because i'm a personal trainer in the day so i have my clients who i train uh and then i have go run girls um sort of as a part-time job off to the side but there's so many elements to go run girls for me it's not just the coaching um it is the uh the interviews that i do with inspirational runners um and it's it's the time i put into uh making up a post as you may know it oh. can take a lot of time to really <laughs> it's the content it's uh, you know you got to have good interesting eye-catching real content Um, you can't just slap anything on your page and um, hope for a response you've got to really think about what you're doing and my following are people who really rely on what's going to come out of my mouth you know they're going to going to take whatever I say and run with it Um, so I have to be mindful of that so it's making posts it's doing videos it's um, you know I work with a lot of events uh, who I need to do content for, that kind of thing. Um, so yeah, all rolled up. I guess PT and um, Go Run Girls is like a forty-hour week. Wow! But then I, I need to account for, um, for instance, this weekend we have two events on. Uh, one on Saturday, one on Sunday. So of course that consumes the the morning. Um, yeah, full on. <laughs>
1: It is. I mean, and it's often these things, isn't it? It's a, I mean, you look at something like Dirt Church Radio, which has started essentially, and not to denigrate it, as as a, as a hobby, you know, um, mm. that they do, they become sort of all-encompassing, and it is this sort of labor of, I mean, I guess for you very much, it is a labor of love, isn't it?
0: Absolutely. 100%. That's how it started. Um, I'm very mindful of that even Mm. as I move forward and the coaching gets bigger uh, and, you know, obviously I've got to look after my own income. So the coaching is just that and that's really important. But I'm also very mindful of the free time I'm going to give out to the community who started it all. Mm. Um, I can't forget about where I come from, who my audience is and what they need and, that's always going to be with me. And sometimes it's detrimental to my health.
3: Sure.
0: Um, yeah. And, and, you know, I might be sitting at the desk thinking about a post or, um, you know, what I can do to help someone. And just sitting there hours on end trying to find a solution and maybe not getting anywhere, but I'm still very much in it and taking that time away from other things that probably – me
1: doing yeah so and, and you're not yeah. the first person that we've spoken to who has a community around them or you know a, a, f- a following sounds not to be cynical about it but yeah you, you you what you say has meaning that that it does sort of it, it can bite back quite hard at times and I guess as mm-hmm. well from yes. and I'd you know tell me to be quiet if I'm on the wrong track you know when I say you know this started for you as a labor of love it it, it, it came out of some real heartache some grief you know um with your you know with we katie and your two stillborn girls just the everything you know that Mm. what what the genesis of it
0: and i think you know when you go i mean everyone goes through stuff and everyone goes through challenging times in their lives and um for us we had a, a couple of choices to make after that whole Uh, time of our lives and my choice was to move forward and whatever I did and nothing could be as scary and horrible and this Mm. is just from me um as losing the the kids so um you know if I if I have some you know if I'm out there for example for my 100k run and it's getting hard and it's getting tough um I, th- I think about what I have pulled through in my life and that run seemed not easy, but it just helped to get me through and to finish those last few hours out there um, because I've been through yeah some shit in my life. Um, and so in a way, it's definitely made me stronger uh, mentally going through that and then conquering my goals um, moving forward.
1: So, oh, look, I mean, yeah. there's the pain of, and I, this is a, a term we use a lot, it's the pain of privilege versus the pain mm. of, you know, heartache, grief, yes. and, <laughs> and loss. And that, but that does resonate, right? Like you, mm. you can't separate that out sometimes, but you're right. It's, this is something that we, what does Eugene say? Our future selves will thank us, you know, like all the, all yes. the, all the hard work, all the, all the, annoyance and pain and sometimes boredom, you know, Mm -hmm. of what we do is to ultimately make our future selves, our future relationships better.
0: Oh, absolutely. And I'm sure the challenges will keep coming um, in my life. But I just think that if I keep it real and think of uh, why I'm doing all of this, and that's what I encourage all of my clients and anyone else is just to, when times get tough, go back to your why. Why did you get into it in the first place? And remind yourself of, uh, you know, you remind yourself of a dark time, how you got through it, why you started running, and then boom, you know, you get a new lease of life to take on your run.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, you're so, yeah, you're learn. so right.
0: Keep learning. Hey, yeah. That's
1: the thing. And it's, it's, it's often so much about, like, how versus why, right? You can... You can know how, but you've got to know yes. why. So what do you see as some of them? I mean, this might sound like an uh, an overly simplistic question, but the main barriers for women getting into running at the moment, what do you see them being?
0: Uh, definitely the confidence thing. Um, I would get probably three or four emails a week with a woman with exactly those fears. I don't think I'm fast enough to run, um, or I've never called myself a runner. That's a really common one. I'm not, Oh, I'm not a runner. But they do run. They're only saying that because they they put a label on running and think, oh, you have to be a certain pace and you've got to look yeah. a certain way. And like you talked about the, the white man with the short shorts, you know we have this perception of runners and that you know it comes from the beginner runner they are going to have an idea in the head they probably don't know um, any running friends you know they're doing this by themselves so they're a bit scared and skeptical um, so definitely the, the confidence level is low um, they don't know what they're doing so I I taught myself how to lamppost run. I, I didn't think it would be that hard, but, um, yeah, it, it it can be really scary if you don't know anything um, on how to get started. But also, you know, the other factors that come into it, are your weight is a big thing because the more weight that you're carrying is going to mean a bigger load on the joints. Um, also... What else? Your diet, your um, your history, what you've done um, in your in your background. So have you any injuries? Have you had children? With your children, did you have a cesarean? Um, right. Are you going through menopause? Man, I could actually I could spout out a whole lot of uh, facts, a whole lot of things that put women off. Um, but yeah, there's a few there that. Should answer your
1: question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And what? And what would you? And, and what generally do you say to those women?
0: Uh, so yeah, it's, it's well. The first thing is to try and calm that person down, and just really simplify what we're trying to do here. We're not trying to fix the world. I'm not trying to make this woman into an athlete. Um, I'm. I would not want her to be going out there trying to lose weight. So that's a real eye opener. Um, some people think that you start running and I'm going to lose that last five kg or whatever. That's it's not, not a good motivation, is it? No, no, uh, not at all, and it's not realistic. Um, just yeah, really calm it down and go through, you know, without making them a personal plan because I've only just touched base with these people, but just really slowing it down and looking at what they can do now. And that's why I said, you know, start where you are at. Well, I'm the person who's going to look at this wonderful woman and just go, okay, what have you got happening and where would you like to go? So, And then it's my job as a coach to put that all together in a very achievable way. Um, yeah, and, and a lot of the time it definitely is walking. Uh, I'm not going to put a, new, a newbie into running, that's for sure. They need to start off walking, power walking, um, and then power walking intervals of jogging. And I use the word jogging because I think running, again, um, terminology that can put women
1: off. Well Arthur uh, Lydia used the word jogging.
3: Yes. You know, okay. <laughs> no, that's yeah. the thing. He that was
1: yep. that was his gift to the world, you know, like the yes. popularity of of jogging. And it's not a derisive term. And sorry, I've interrupted you.
0: Continue. No, no, that's all right. I was just going back to what I was uh talking about. My train of thought was going but uh yeah, terminology is super important when you are talking to a beginner because just a simple word like okay you're going to do um you know a run interval tomorrow a walk run interval can put someone off and they won't get a hold of you and they won't try running because it's just uh, it's not where they're at and they don't know it and they're scared of it and they think that you have to be a certain pace and an athlete and be you know a skinny white guy Um, so I'm very careful about all of that when I talk to someone who wants to start. Um, but it also what I mentioned before as well is that it's not it really isn't about the training. And I've learned this over years of coaching people and my PT work and um coming at it from a mother's point of view is that you know, training is a very small part of your week. So the focus really needs to then go on everything else that is going to prevent you from getting out the door. And I'm talking sleep. I'm talking, um, you know, who's going to prep the meals at night. I'm talking the kids, kids sports. I'm talking, um,
4: you know, your, your
0: relationship between you and your partner, you know, when you're going to get time to uh, see him, Um, your work schedule. So, It's My job is to coordinate a lot of that and Mm. then just plonk in the the runs or the walks or the jogs, whatever you got going on for you. If you get that balance right or close to being right, then the training is allowed to happen. And there's a lot less ways that someone can get out of doing their runs or find excuses, that type of thing. Um, That's where I come from with my coaching.
1: And it's almost that. Reclamation, yeah. isn't it of of the of your client or, or the woman's time? Because there is there is that, and I know through my work as a as a mental health nurse, um you mm-hmm. know, when you you'd speak to someone, you'd see someone, and it's well, what do you do? Not selfishly, but what do you pr- prioritize for yourself for your own well being? And yes. and it, it, it is that sense of what do they used to call it, burnt chop syndrome, like. If there's, if there's four chops and one of them's burnt, you know, the mum will always usually take the burnt one. Mm. And it's that thing, eh? Like everything comes yep. first. So it's almost that, re, that reprioritization, hey?
0: Oh, absolutely. And even more so nowadays when there's uh, so many other variables, pressures that will come into um, a, a woman's week. Uh, you know, things that we don't plan for um, that we need to take into consideration because the body's going to get under stress. And then if you're trying to run and you are stressed,
3: Mm. then
0: you're only going to run yourself down. And uh, that's when we get into overload and not looking after yourself and then you're going to crash and burn and you may not ever get back on that wagon to run. And that's quite a scary thought. So it's, and I'm, I am a little bit more with my training uh, on the side of caution. So if someone can't complete their four runs in their week, then that's fine. We've designed your plan to um, drop a run. You know, we've got to be realistic with it all uh, and not just overload our clients. Um, because so so many other things can happen in your week and you know i and i love the um saying better to arrive at your start line undercooked than overcooked
3: uh, oh.
0: i believe in that
1: <laughs> having done both I'd, as 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 <laughs> as as as, uh, as sort of worrying as undercooked felt overcooked felt much worse mm. and yeah so it's, it's that interesting thing isn't it that sort of the i mean from my own experience i remember coming into lockdown with the most consistent sort of 10 to 12 weeks of training I think I've ever had. And then this, my just everything got skittled and being so worried about it, but then reading an article basically on detraining and saying that you, you, you're okay. You know, like that's the the essence of it. You know, like, yes, it was, it's great to hit all your runs for the week. Yes. You feel great psychologically. Yes. Mm -hmm. However, on balance (laughs) you need to kind of put things into perspective hey
0: yeah absolutely and um I think pressure has a lot to do with it like you don't want to get to that start line and sure if you've missed some runs you've missed them and you can't get them back so (laughs) get out there and just you know have a good time enjoy it um and you know nine times out of ten you're going to make it through to the end you might not make it through at that time that you set yourself or that goal but hey it's another uh, awesome achievement that you've done and and that's where I come from too is just you know look at how far you've come not about those runs that you've missed Uh, it's yeah it's important just to look at where you're at and um, the great things that you have been able to achieve in your life rather than oh no I missed um, a bunch of runs um, yeah, just make the most of it.
1: That's such a. You don't want yeah, too much
0: pressure on yourself to do anything in life, I don't think.
1: We're really, we're really good at piling mm-hmm. pressure onto ourselves, aren't we? <laughs>
0: yeah, we're certainly critters. So what? I and mean, there's no need. Yeah.
1: There, there isn't. You, you're, you're exactly right. And I guess at the end of the day, you know, like thinking about this in, in a holistic sense, none of us are getting out alive. You know, so we might as well <laughs> yeah, yeah. while we're here. And I'm not saying, oh, just say oh, it doesn't matter, you know. Don't do it. Get, yeah. get back on the durries or whatever. But like,
3: yeah,
1: <laughs> we might as well the time, the precious time that we have. We might as well sort of be enjoying what we have and recognizing yes. what we have. 2020's been Absolutely. thus far. A bit of a a bit of a ride, hasn't it? It's been a bit of a roller coaster. It has. Have you yes. got any plans for the rest of the year? Have you got any sort of things that you're working towards, or just taking it one microsecond at a time, like the rest of us? Um.
0: Well, I. That's where you know the go run girls. I. I do have plans. Um. Just for the events coming back up, and I think it's really important, especially with. Uh, you know, the woman on my page that they see me at events and they can see that the events have reopened and they are so amazing. How cool do you feel when you, you know, smash an event, come over the finish line, your name gets announced, you've got the good endorphins going, that's, you know, you need to get back into it. Um, I really encourage people to support the um, event organisers out there. So I am working with uh, a few events, Total Sports, which you'll know. Uh, yep. and. Um, Sean, I'm doing some. Um, I'm going to his uh relapse as well out west. Um, and yeah, just you know, Auckland's going to be happening and uh, Queenstown, of course. So I've got a few scattered through the calendar. Amazing! Um, so, every everything for me is amped up again, and the kids are like, Oh no, here we go. <laughs> um so yeah, it's it's back to business for Go Run Girls because that's what I'm all about, and part of it is to be uh, relevant, is to be actually seen at these events, to say hi to people, to answer questions, and help people out if they want to come up and chat about um, starting to run or jog. Um, so yeah, it's pretty full on for the for the end of the end part of the year and then i'm also um connecting with working with oxfam oh wow so that will be um that will be heaps of fun and i plan to do the 100k with a team um but also i'm working with them um to help help coach some people so
1: massive that uh, the trail walking is such a i mean it's a really wonderful um uh, it's, it's a wonderful, you know, it's a wonderful event. It's the, the, the fundraising behind it and everything like that. Um, my wife did it when she was pregnant with our second girl. <laughs> she, oh, wow. she, yeah, I know she knocked it out. Um, so that's fantastic. And I've always had a, I'd always love to kind of run that one. That, that sounds, yeah. Oxfam trail walker just has such a, it, it, it's a really meaningful space in a lot of people's hearts.
0: Oh, absolutely! And uh, I cannot wait to be uh, part of that event and to uh, help her, I can. Um, it, it's a long way to walk, uh, so I'm hoping uh, now that I've done mine that I can offer some, you know, some experience in there and some wisdom. Uh, but again, coming from a real Coach Marie point of view, uh, the, the things that hurt and the all the. Um, you know the answers to to questions about getting out the door for your training, um, and yeah, helping to bring down some of those those challenges for them. Um, but I yeah, I'm hoping to run it with a team. There you can actually run it as well, mm. um, and my husband is is uh, is going to run it with a team as well. Um, so it will be, but just. I can imagine the, the team spirit and things like that will be incredible. It's going to be in uh, Taranaki as well, around the mountain. Oh, wow.
1: Wow. Yeah. 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 it will be amazing. So, Fantastic. Now, how do we just, I mean, we've had, you've been so generous with your time um and sort of wrapping things up I've got two more questions one is where do people get hold of you if they want to if they're interested in you know becoming part of your community or they think that, th- that this might be the coaching approach for them or they haven't really thought about it before and keen to get involved where are you on how do people get a hold of you
0: so um the most popular form of uh getting hold of me would be through Facebook so we've got the go run girls page Um, anyone can join that it's just a public page Um, go on there like the page and you can uh, direct message me from there Um, and uh, and also uh, go run girls.com is where you can go and um, there's a lot of content on the website versus the Facebook page you know so much more Uh, and it has the coaching option there as well if you want to come on board Um, Also on Instagram as well. Well, you got hold of me, Matt. (laughs) Yeah, fantastic.
1: (laughs) Okay, and the last question that I have for you is the question that we ask everyone who comes on Dirt Church Radio, and that's, hey, Marie-Leith, what's been your greatest run ever?
0: Wow. Okay. Um, Greatest run ever.
1: Doesn't have to be a race or anything, just a run that's really sung to you.
0: Okay, probably uh, the New York Marathon. And the reason for that is that I did it with Achilles. I went as a guide in two thousand and sixteen and just it was it was just a different level when you go over there. And because they have so many war veterans, it was all about Achilles and uh who was there representing their country and, and the athletes, and you felt like a real superstar when you were out there doing the run? Um, just the amount of people supporting Achilles it was just a mind blowing, incredible, amazing experience. Whereas in New Zealand, it's not as well known, um, if you know if you've heard of Achilles, but over mm. there, you just yeah, it was another level and the event was amazing and um, we got to run through all the boroughs, and um new york is somewhere i have always wanted to go so i'm gonna tick that off as my as my number one and the medal is massive and so <laughs> in, the, in the lounge we've got um our medals hanging on the wall uh, nice many one. many medals and um my husband's in mine and whenever kids come over we're like which one's the best one and he's got the uh tadawera 160k
4: he tries to steer
0: the kids towards that or visitors and i show my beautiful massive good looking uh um new york (laughs) marathon medal and it always wins so fantastic
1: (laughs) oh fantastic hey look thank you very much marie for coming on and um thank you for sharing your story and it's very uh Gosh, it's so ins- inspirational, is an overused word, but this definitely is, is you're a true inspiration, and, and uh, I hope you keep on keeping on. Thank you, mate. Really enjoyed it.
0: Thank you for the opportunity.
2: I love that conversation. I was gutted that I missed it, but I was gutted that you missed it too. Yeah, but I was really pleased you mentioned the park run thing for me. I was saying to you as I listened back, Park run, park run. you know the more inclusion thing but um So yep. i'm so glad you mentioned that and more inclusion yes please how cool was that low-key lockdown run oh look i i love it like i talk
1: about you know we've talked about that thing that i did with my wife that relay in the forest yeah. and i've always yeah it really it was really inspiring my my block is exactly one kilometer yeah and i've always and i might i've always wanted to Run around it a hundred times, but we'll, <laughs> I'm not quite there yet. No, I don't <laughs> I think I have the, it's got the couple, fortitude. But it got we'll a see one day. In it too
2: absolutely it does. Yeah. yeah. I, <laughs> but look, yeah. Thank you for tuning yeah. in. We're on social media at Dirt Church Radio, and we're on email dirtchurchradio at gmail dot com. And you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, and other podcast
1: platforms. You can download direct from the website, which is dirtchurchradio.com. Also, if we're not where you want us, let us know. Don't forget to subscribe and rate. And if you like what you see, please spread the love. It would be great as if many people heard the show as possible. And for that, we do need your help.
2: Don't forget to write in with your greatest run ever. That's right, like Logan did. Like Logan did, yeah. Uh, Put off your study. Just write in your greatest run ever. Who needs Uh, a PhD? Exactly. Just do that. Um yeah, so that's you know where to send that.
1: Thanks to our sponsors, Scott Running, Further Faster, Spring Energy and C L E. Thank you to our Patreon patrons and our Wild Things. Uh thank you to our editor Kieran. And we've got a really great guest lined up for you next week. How so yeah.
3: Tune in then. Kakite. Kakite.
2: <laughs> Thanks,
3: rugby.